Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Did you call me? I was talking to Mike. Oh. Of course. <laughs> I was talking to Mike. <laughs> Welcome to the Pub Trivia Experience, everybody. My name is Chris, and we are gathered here tonight for a little holiday trivia. I have got a bunch of Christmas movies we're going to be talking about, asking trivia questions about, and I couldn't do it without the two people I am thankful for but did not buy a gift for. Let's start off first in Huntsville, Alabama. Mike, my friend, how you doing? What are you drinking? Chris, you are the gift as far as I'm concerned. I'd return that shit. Yeah. They wouldn't take it back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chris, I'm actually doing really, really well. Um, it's nice, cold weather now, which means that I can enjoy some of my Imperial Stouts that I've been, I've had for a while. Uh, this one is called Awaken My Love. It is from the Creature Comforts Brewing Company. It is a barrel-aged imperial stout with coffee and cinnamon. Ooh. I have been looking forward to this one for a very long time, and I saved it for this podcast. Oh, that's super smooth. You can smell the bourbon right on the front. Like, as soon as I open it, it hit my nose. I was like, oh, this is going to be good. Oh, that sounds mm. delightful. Oh, that is really, really good. And it's dangerous because you know how sometimes these things taste, especially when they've been barrel-aged, they taste really strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This one does not. It just it's oh. nice and smooth, <laughs> so it's dangerous. Oof. Well, speaking of dangerous, the Chicagoland <laughs> area is calling and we must go. Brittany Shaw, my friend, how are you doing and what are you drinking? Hey, Chris. Um, I'm doing great. And quite frankly, this is the present I was looking for. So I think you did great. Is it my festive holiday sweater? Uh, it's the festive holiday sweater. It's the two of you. It is knowing that I have zero chance at this game, so I'm just going to have fun with it. Um, it It's a whole bunch of things combined. Uh, and as far as what I'm drinking, I wanted to do something festive for the episode, so I stopped by Aldi because it was convenient. And I took a look at their section, and they had Spiced Plum Wicked Hard Cider. So Ooh. I've never had Spiced Plum Cider, but... Uh, visions of sugar plums were dancing in their heads, so it felt like I could stretch it and call it Christmas. Um, and I wasn't sure if I wanted to try the gingerbread wine that was also there, but that also sounded good. So, cheers to the spiced plum. Lovely. Yeah, I like that. That's good. So I've never met you in person. I can't tell if that's a big bottle or if you're just that small. <laughs> it's it's a 12 fluoride ounce bottle. 12 fluoride ounces. All right. 12 Florida ounces, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't say what the spices are. It just says hard cider and natural flavors. Well, I guess it's my turn. <laughs> it is. Uh, poor bottle pop uh, aside, uh, Mike, you inspired me last year. Uh, so I ended up at Sam's Club, and they had their Sam's Club holiday mix pack. Mm-hmm. And I've never had this before, but you've talked about it literally every year for the past five years. This is the Sam Adams old Fezziwig. Ah, yes. So good. I've never had it. Okay. I have two of them here because everyone tells me it's like Sam Adams' best beer. Well, the, and they discontinued it for a year or two, and they brought it back by popular demand. Mm-hmm. As they should have, apparently. Let's let's give this a gander. Oh, it smells really good. Hmm. Mm. Oh, that's delightful. Right? Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> Welcome I to the party. I had gone to Costco and gotten. <laughs> I was worried the spice was going to be overpowering. No, it's like the perfect blend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not okay. at all. Old Fezziwig yep. is a new favorite. A- a- amen. Oh, oh, by the way, I did forget to mention, I think, that the beer that I have is 13.7% alcohol by Holy volume. Crap. Yes, which, you're saying which, there's a chance. That's right. <laughs> well, um, I believe the last, was it the last time we played together uh, that, yeah, I had the way too much. The Drunken Diatribes. Yep. It was all good. Yep, it was, but good. It was Made a very was a fun bonus bit. episode. Yep. An hour and a half later. That our uh, Patreon supporters can check out on patreon.com slash PTEBB. Always be branding. Yeah. That's right. It's <laughs> a great episode. That's what they pay me for. It's a great episode. We pay you? No. Uh, <laughs> I do this for free. I do this. Yeah. <laughs> Look, if I get paid, I become a professional and then I have to act like a professional. Oh, yeah. No. Oh, no yeah. Let's, let's just keep Many practicing. of us. Yeah. I'll stay in amateur mode. Thank you. <laughs> well, we have uh, two rounds of trivia for tonight. We're going to start with the pregame. The pregame, as you all are aware, you're each going to get five questions worth one point apiece. It's a 50-50 pregame. So it's one way or another. I'm going to find you. I'm going to get you, get you, get you, get you. Brittany, being that you seem so confident that you are not going to win tonight, I'm going to let you choose. Do you want odds or evens? You know what? Never tell me the odds. I will take evens. <laughs> Mike, you're getting the odds. And we're going back to what I used the first few times we did the original hot seat tournaments. This is going to be an all Christmas movie Rotten Tomatoes score. We're not doing fresh or rotten, though. Oh. I have got a listing here of 20 Christmas movies that are not part of the regular game. I'm going to give you two. You just have to tell me which one of these two movies has the higher Rotten Tomatoes score. Gotcha. Is that the critic score or the audience score? uh, Rotten Tomatoes critic score. Okay, cool. This is going to go great. We'll just pretend I was clarifying that for our listeners and not for myself. (laughs) For those that don't know, Rotten Tomatoes is a movie aggregate website. For something to be considered fresh, it has to have a critic score over 60%. So... We're starting with Mike. You get the odds. Mike, your two movies are Bad Santa or Jingle All the Way. I actually think Bad Santa, it might it wasn't a critical darling, but it got generally positive reviews, I think. Uh, and I don't think Jingle All the Way did, at least not to quite the same extent. So I'm going to say Bad Santa had the higher rating. Bad Santa is a correct answer. Bad Santa checking in 78%. Okay. Jingle all the way down at 20%. Mike gets the point. <laughs> so slightly different receptions. Well, I, <laughs> Bad Santa was a little higher than I expected, and Jingle all the way was a little slower than I expected. So. so I'll throw this out there. If you all aren't familiar with the movie that I'm talking about, uh, I will give you some flavor tips. If like, I've never heard of that, I will try and give you some information around the movie because some of these might be a little... You know, thanks, Chris. (laughs) Brittany, I say that because your two movies are Santa's Sleigh or the 2006 remake of Black Christmas. (laughs) Okay, how do you spell sleigh in Santa's Sleigh? It's S L A Y, but it is really S. uh, Yeah, it is really uh, S L A Y. Okay, 100%. So Santa's Sleigh is a movie starring 
uh, Bill Goldberg of WWE fame, and Emile DeRaven from Lost. Uh, Black Christmas is a remake of a Canadian film from the 70s uh, starring, uh, I think, Lacey Chabert and uh, Katie Cassidy. Okay. I know who Lacey Chabert is, so this is off to a great start. Um, So I think because remakes never seem to do as well as original films, even though Santa Slay sounds like it maybe it might be more like a cult favorite. I'm going to say the critics liked it better than they liked a remake. So I'm going to say Santa Slay. Well, Santa Slay checks in at a 40% Rotten Tomato score. Not fresh. Black Christmas is 14%. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I was going to say, no one's going to like the remake of Black Christmas. Uh, not that one. The, the second one where it was uh, the, the girls in the house turning the tides on the, uh, the man in the attic did a lot better. Did a lot better. I actually think that one actually scored around the forty percent mark as well. Okay. All right. One to one tie. <laughs> we got a one to one tie. Mike, we're going over to you. Your movies are Violent Night or Crumpus. I'm not familiar with Violent Night. So Violent it- Night came out last year. It is a okay. movie starring David Harbour as a violent Santa Claus who's trying to save a kid out of a house being taken over by terrorists, played by John Lugazamo. That's right, because I remember <laughs> having to try and explain that preview to my children when it came on during a football game. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so, but yes, that also explains why it did not appear in the Boozy Bracketology Best Christmas Movie Bracket, um, <laughs> which we did, gosh, I think that was three years ago at this point. So long ago. Oh, I know, but that was that was that was a great bracket. Uh, I enjoyed that one. Um, but that said, Krampus is another one that I feel like critics actually kind of enjoyed a little bit. So I'm going to say Krampus. Krampus is going to check in with a Rotten Tomato score sixty six percent. Violent Night was at seventy four. Oh! Wow, um, really? Okay. Mike, to your credit, I've seen both of these movies. Krampus is a much watch, must watch every year. Violet Night, utterly forgettable. <laughs> okay, fair. Like, it's not a great movie. The critics are wrong. Krampus is a great movie. Watch it. It's genuinely fun and terrifying oh, yeah. and heartfelt. It's everything you want a horror movie around Christmas to be for those that like horror movies around Christmas, like this guy. Mm-hmm. And right. for the record... Y'all did the Ho Ho Holiday Movie Bracket Challenge in December 2020. Okay. That's, that's what I thought. Okay. Not deep in COVID. Yep. So Yeah, I, uh, I, I've I made the boozy archive, mostly for my own reference, so that if I wonder if y'all have done a bracket before, I can go back and look and see if you've done a bracket. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Brittany, we're on to question number four. Your two movies are The Christmas Chronicles or the 1994 remake of Miracle on 34th Street. So I don't know what the Christmas Chronicles is. So the Christmas Chronicles is a Netflix Christmas movie starring Kurt Russell. Yep. Okay. That's good to know. However, I don't care what the critics said. The 1994 remake of Miracle on 34th Street is adorable. Mara Wilson is precious. And I love that movie. So I hope the critics did too. That's my pick. Miracle on 34th Street is certified fresh. It barely got there at 60%. The Christmas Chronicles, 68%. Uh, really? Well, that's almost yes. nice. Again, I was very I, meh. I really should have gone with, 
if I liked it, the critics probably hated it and just. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Another one that cr- the critics got wrong. Like Christmas Chronicles is fine, but Miracle on 34th mm-hmm. Street, both versions are just adorable. I, yeah, mm-hmm. they're both really good. The, I am now a little a bit nervous job. that this is one of the ones not in the main part of the game. So. <laughs> Oh, that's the remake. The original's in the main part of the game. Don't you worry. I, I assumed as but much. I've I assumed that was remake. why you did the remake. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't right, seen Mike. the original. <laughs> well, the original's really good. I mean, not to give it, it away. It holds up. It's still I, I'm going to do great at this game. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're both tied at one, Mike. Question number five for you. This is a race to the bottom. Which of <laughs> these movies had a higher Rotten Tomatoes score? Deck the Halls or Christmas with the Cranks? Oh, gosh. I, I think of these two movies as kind of of a piece. I don't know why. They were very similar time frames. They're both. Yeah. I, uh, but you're right. No one really liked either of these movies. For some reason, um, I think Deck the Halls was the one where the two competing neighbors, right? Yes. And Christmas with the Cranks is the one where the daughter's not going to be home for Christmas. And then they find. Yeah. Okay. I've yeah, actually. Yeah, they, yep seen bits and pieces of both of these but i've never watched the whole thing i'm sorry <laughs> yeah um i am going to say christmas with the cranks was ever so slightly higher oh, my christmas with the cranks checks in at a five percent rotten tomatoes oh, deck the halls does edge it out ever so slightly at six percent <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, well, but Deck the or uh, Christmas with the Cranks says Jamie Lee Curtis. I mean, Academy Award winner Jamie Lee Curtis. She's amazing. Agreed, but no, no, but no, no. 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 <laughs> Brittany, I'm giving you two movies that I absolutely hated. Okay. I hate both these movies. Your first movie, this is question number six. Your first movie is Four Christmases. Okay. Oh, God. Uh, that is uh, Reese Witherspoon and Vince Vaughn, I believe. Unfortunately, I've oh. seen all of that one. I <laughs> thought that was, I thought that was Gwyneth Paltrow in the title card, but I think you're right. It's Reese Witherspoon. It's Reese Witherspoon. That part I'm sure of. Mm-hmm. The second movie is Surviving Christmas. Ben Affleck and James Gandolfini, and I think Christina Applegate, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, I haven't seen either of those. However, in Hulu's holiday movie collection, which I was <laughs> checking out earlier today. <laughs> Four Christmases was advertised to me, and the other one I don't even think was in their collection. So the critics at Hulu must like it more. Therefore, I don't even remember what the other movie was, so I'm just going to go with Four Christmases. Four Christmases checks in at 25%. Okay. Surviving Christmas, critically panned, it's 8%. People Ah. hate that movie. (laughs) I was like, I don't even think it was in the holiday collection that Hulu was like, holiday favorites. Well, they would also have to have streaming rights with Hulu for it to be there. Yeah, but I also looked at HBO and it wasn't there either, so. I only use Skinamax, that's it. Mike, we're going over to you. <laughs> Question number you seven. unwrapping Mike, a present. You get the raunchy part of the Christmas movies. Which of these has a higher Rotten Tomatoes score? Is it The Night Before or Office Christmas Party? Hmm, I'm not sure I'm familiar with The Night Before. The Night Before is the Seth Rogen and Joseph Gordon-Levitt Christmas movie. That's right. Okay, yes, yes, yes. I, I've I've not seen either of these movies. I think 
I think I might have caught like a little bit of Office Christmas Party uh, at some point, uh, enough to know that it's not very good. Uh, for whatever reason, though, the fact that I even both of these are fairly recent, the fact that I can even recognize what that is and I don't know the night before at all is making me inclined to go Office Christmas Party. Well, screw you. I saw Office Christmas Party. I laughed my ass off in that movie. I thought it was hilarious. Uh, Office Christmas Party checks in at 40% the night before certified fresh at 68%. Ah, wow. Okay. Wow. Brittany, we're on to you. You also get a version of like the raunchy Christmas movie. Which of these was higher? Was it a bad mom's Christmas or a very Harold and Kumar Christmas? I haven't seen either of these. I've heard of both of them. I think, critically speaking, they're more inclined to go very bad, or not, uh, bad mom's Christmas. I think they're more likely to go that way because I feel like Harold and Kumar is just a little bit more fan based in opinions i don't know i don't know how movie critics work i'm not one <laughs> so i'm gonna say bad moms well bad moms christmas checks in at 32 percent on rotten tomatoes a very harold and kumar christmas certified fresh 68 percent yeah. wow. okay. critics actually really liked all the harold and kumar movies and and i the, the second two are kind of whatever the first one is amazing it is the, the first one so you, cool. we literally have the first one to thank for it's, how i met your mother it's because it, it reinvigorated neil patrick harris <laughs> neil patrick harris and um john cho and yeah Calpen john, and, yep. yep yeah i in fact i think in a very harold and kumar christmas uh by then neil patrick harris had come out but he's still playing that version of himself and they're like wait aren't you gay or something like, i forget that whole scene it was just hilarious that, that that whole the meta part of that was just fantastic i like all the harold and kumar movies there's four of them right i think there's only i've only seen three if there's a fourth one i need there's to watch it white castle guantanamo bay yeah white castle guantanamo and christmas one between white castle and guantanamo bay okay yeah no but i mean they're all good but the first one in particular is just I mean, like it's yeah. actually a satire about racism, like buried mm -hmm. in a in yeah. a stoner movie. It's fantastic. It is. Harold and Kumar go to Crystal didn't go as well. So, <laughs> well, it's a regional joke, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. Mike, we're going back to you. Question number nine. You're currently trailing by one, and we are on to your animated portion of the game. Is it going to be the most recent Illuminations film? That's about Christmas. Dr. Seuss is the Grinch or Claus. K-L-A-U-S. Oh. <laughs> um, I didn't really feel like the, the new animated Grinch got a whole lot of love. I don't know much about Claus, but. Uh, Claus is a Jason Schwartzman, Rashida Jones and J.K. Simmons. Okay. Came out in 2019. It's right before the pandemic. It's really okay. Recent. Hmm. Yeah, I don't I don't have anything to go on. Um I'm just going to say Claws. Uh Claws. Oh, there's no burying the hatchet here. Claws checked in at 95%. Apparently <laughs> this movie is amazing. It, it it I for whatever reason it stood out in my head as like something that people like that 
I remembered people liking a lot, but I didn't remember anything about it. Never seen it. Yeah, Doctor Seuss is the Grinch. By the way, checked it at ninety nine percent. Really? No. No. It was like I don't think that's possible. <laughs> no, the Grinch can't off, possibly like anything that much. It's, ju- it's just off of uh, out of rotten, out of a uh, fresh tomato, out of wow, that beer was <laughs> good. It's outside the fresh zone. It's fifty nine percent. Mike gets the point. Mm. All right, Brittany, your last one. Is it going to be the movie Spirited or Fred Claus? Hmm. Okay. And if you need to know what they are, I can help. I I do need to know something about Spirited. So Spirited is, I believe, a Netflix movie, but it stars Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. Um, and I know Fred Claus is like Vince Vaughn is Fred and yep. it's about Santa's brothers. That was also recommended to me on Hulu, but Spirited wouldn't be because it's on Netflix. Um, However, I'm just going to say the critics love anything with Ryan Reynolds in it more than they love Vince Vaughn, so I'm going with that. Spirited. Uh, Spirited checks in at 71%, and I don't think there's a Vince Vaughn movie that gets that close. So uh, Red Claw is at 21%. Spirited is the correct answer. Brittany, you're going to carry a 3-2 to lead into the main game. I thought you had one more. No, that's 10. I was was evens. You were odds. Okay, I lost. I lost track. Okay, rock and roll. Okay, so uh, the main game is going to go like this. I've got a list of fifteen movies, fifteen Christmas movies. You're each going to get a question, but we're going to kind of rotate back and forth. So whoever goes first gets the choice of choosing: do they want to answer the first question or pass it on to the other contestant and guarantee themselves taking the second question? We're playing to win movies. So if you both tie, you both get the question right or both get the question wrong, there is a tiebreaker question for each of these films. Okay. All right. Brittany, you currently have a three to two lead. Whoever has the most points after these 15 movies will be our winner. So, Brittany, you're going to start. Okay. And whoever, by the way, whoever's in last place going to that last question will get to go first just to try and. Keep it close. That works. Gotcha. The first Christmas movie, we're going to begin and end in the same place. So the first Christmas movie is going to be Die Hard. I knew it was coming. Okay. I would like to shout out all of my friends listening to me doing movie trivia right now. We're honestly, we're first of all very happy to have you, and second of all, oh, very yeah. proud, very proud that you're stepping up. Oh, <laughs> your comfort zone. I am Absolutely. very happy to be cannon fodder for Mike anytime. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and open my second beer. Ooh, another old Fezziwig. It's another old Fezziwig. Yep. Yes, nice. ma'am. Spoiler alert. I grabbed four drinks on the way up here, so we'll see how this goes. Okay. So th- this beer is already warming me up. I'm just mm-hmm. going to throw that out there. <laughs> I believe the last time I was on and the episode aired, one of my friends reached out and was like, you really know how to bring up the drunkenness in people for podcasting. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> he was like, it's awesome. <laughs> was like, yeah, I'm, that's me. Hazardous <laughs> for your liver. <laughs> All right. Brittany, we're moving into diehards. You get the option to choose if you want to play the first question or pass it. Here is your first question. Throughout the film, we see John McClane and Hans Gruber chatting back and forth on walkie-talkies. When they finally meet face-to-face, what, who does Hans claim to be trying to hide his identity from John McClane? So he claims to be a 
person's name. I need that person's name. Do you want to play or pass? Hmm. Trying to see if Mike has any tells. Well, you know what? I know I don't know this one, and I don't know that I don't know the next one, so I'm going to pass this one over to Mike. <laughs> Mike, what's your answer? Well, it's funny that it's funny Brittany said let's see if Mike has any tells because fortunately she wasn't looking as Chris was reading the question because I started nodding and then all of a sudden I went oh shit oh, I, I need to not do that <laughs> because of the way this game is structured um but he he looks at the board and he he says his name is Bill Clay because he sees like a W Clay on the on the board or something like that Bill Clay is a correct answer well then I may have watched that movie a few times I've watched it once, so I have seen it. I watched it last Christmas. Yeah, there you go. I gave you my heart in the very next day. Okay, <laughs> Brittany. Mm-hmm. When John arrives to the lobby of Nakatomi Tower, he finds his wife using her maiden name and not her married name. What last name is Holly going by at her office? Hmm. His name is John McLean. Her name is Holly, as you just reminded me. Um, so I'm going to say she is going by the name Holly Mistletoe. <laughs> Holly Mistletoe is not a correct answer. It's actually Holly Golightly. It is? <laughs> no. It was like the breakfast at Tiffany's? <laughs> no, it's a Holly Gennaro. So, Such a generic last name. I know. It, but it was only recently pointed out to me that... Her name is Holly, and it's a Christmas movie. I I, oh, I never picked up on that until like two weeks ago. Well, for anyway. for no points, I wrote the question anyway. So we're gonna go through mm-hmm. the. You know, I'm gonna oh, say yeah. you know, it's, heck with that. Whatever, uh, whatever one of these closest to the pins that we don't use, I'm gonna save for the Christmas bonus episode over on the Patreon experience. Oh, Sounds perfect. Good. So we're gonna skip that, and we'll have that on our Patreon feed after this episode drops. Next question, Mike, you get to start with this one. I will say every other movie from here on out, I did not write the two main questions. I stole these from a very popular magazine that kids today love called Reader's Digest. <laughs> life in these United States. Reader's Dude, Digest is apparently still around. Laughter is the best medicine. Yes. So the only questions I wrote were the were the ones up there. The rest of these are Reader's Digest questions, with the exception of the closest to the pin challenges. Those are all me. I love, I love it. it. Your movie is from 1964. It's the movie Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Here's your question. If you want to p- play or pass, what was the name of the snowman who narrated the story? Uh, yeah. You know what sucks <laughs> is that my daughters watched this yesterday while I was at work, <laughs> or at least at least Penny did, um, and I do not know the answer to this question, so I'm going to pass and hope for better in the second one. <laughs> All right, Brittany, we're over to you. What was okay. the name of the snowman who narrated the story, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? I fear I may be conflating this with another movie, but I want to say his name was Leon. Was he a professional snowman? <laughs> that was a terrible joke. <laughs> you laughed. I did. Uh, Leon is not a correct answer. Uh, his name was Sam. Sam the snowman. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. All right, so Brittany not getting the points there. Mike, you have to get this one right. 
Otherwise, we go to the closest to the pin challenge. How did Rudolph's father, Donner, try to hide his son's nose? Um, I mean, he he put like a little like, was it was it coal that he was it uh, a coal or soot that he put over the over the nose? That's what I'm going to say. Do you need me to pick one? <laughs> No, because neither one of those are the right material. It's actually mud. He picks up mud oh, off mud. the ground using his hoof, and he puts it over the nose. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. Have you so. seen the thing that was like, it wasn't really Rudolph's nose that was getting him picked on. It was the noise it made because the noise was obnoxious and was oh, giving everyone migraines. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Like, no one cares that your nose glows, but it's got a high-pitched whistle. Yeah, right. <laughs> Well, both of you got your questions wrong about Rudolph, so we're going to move to your closest to the pin challenge to see who's going to get the point. Lock in with your answer when you have it. In our pop culture starved year of 2020, CBS aired Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer in a primetime slot. It finished number two that night behind The Bachelorette. How many U.S. households watched the special that night? This is obviously using Nielsen ratings, so they are approximations. I'll go ahead and lock in. Um, I guess that means I talk it out. Uh, I I haven't paid, watched Nielsen ratings since streaming really became a thing. and and th- But that's really the question to me is what, you know, you figure, okay, we're, we're doing households, not not viewership, right? Uh, so the I was, I'm starting with like, okay, well, America has like somewhere around between 350 and 400 million people. But I'm like, no, that's households, households, households. I am going to say two million. Brittany, what's your answer? Um, I don't know how the Nielsen ratings does their rounding. So not too far off from Mike and just kind of assuming that maybe seven million people watched The Bachelor. I said two point three million people watched Rudolph. Or households. We have a winner for this category. That special was viewed by 5.7 million households. Wow. 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 Okay. Good job, Brittany. I mean, I I just, I didn't, I guess I forgot that many people still watch like network television. All right. Brittany's going to pick up the point. We're going to the next one. Brittany, you get to choose if you want to go, if you want to play or pass. Your movie is the 1969 special Frosty the Snowman. What name, today often used as a pejorative, is the name of the young girl who befriended Frosty? I'm sure my face is giving away just how much I know about this question. And it's great for our listeners who can't see my <laughs> face. Um, I wish all of our listeners could see your face. I do too. There's some quality faces that happen. Um, you know, I think Mike knows this, so I'm going to let Mike have it. All right, Mike, uh, she has passed this question to you. What's your answer? So I have no clue, but when I think of a girl's name that is today used as a pejorative, I think Karen. So that's what I'm going to say. Karen is a correct answer. Oh, man. Forget that Karen's a pejorative and also still a name. It's, it's, I mean, sad, shout out I to act- Tim's wife, Karen, who is delightful. I was going to say, <laughs> I know so many Karens and they're all lovely. Like, so it I just like seems one. such a shame. <laughs> She's great. So. All right, Brittany, you're getting question number two. The category is Frosty the Snowman from 1969. Nice. 
Giggity. What were Frosty's first words when coming to life? Happy birthday. Happy birthday is a correct answer. Yes, right. well done. So you both got questions right there. You bounced yeah. back after the Rudolph debacle. <laughs> and we are on to another tiebreaker. Here's your tiebreaker. Well, here is your tiebreaker question. How long was the original runtime when this special aired in the U.S. for the first time back on December 7th, 1969? I'll lock in. I'm going to ask a clarifying question. Oh, yeah. And then I may unlock. Yeah. Um, are we including uh, advertisements? Runtime of the show by itself. Okay. Okay. The, the, the primary, well, I don't even want to say the primary reason I'm asking you because I have a feeling that's also going to show up later in this round. So I'm not going to say well, anything. I am going to relock in. <laughs> um, I, okay. So, I mean, it's a, th it's effectively a 30 minute, you know, thing. Uh, these days, 30 minutes on, on network television would be about 22 minutes plus ads. I don't think that they were necessarily quite as bad back then. And I'm going to say that like, maybe they blocked off a little more time just because everything wasn't quite as rigid, uh, in terms of TV schedules. I'm going to say 27 minutes, uh, and 27 in honor to Weird Al. All right, Brittany, what are you saying? Well, so Mike remembers that apparently this was under 30 minutes long. I remember it feeling longer than that. So <laughs> I went with 47 minutes. <laughs> Not in honor to Weird Al or anything, just because I was going to say 57 until you clarified no ads. And so I took away 10 minutes of ads. So. <laughs> no, Mike, you got the logic right. It's actually 25 minutes. Okay. So wow. Mike, well done, Mike. Point. All right. Moving on to your next movie. Your next movie is Leah's favorite, A Charlie Brown Christmas from 1965. <laughs> the one I was going to speak of before I realized it was probably going to pop up. <laughs> uh, Mike, you get to play or pass this question. What Christmas carol do the Peanuts characters sing to end the show? Oh, uh, hey, I get to be the first person not to pass a question. <laughs> Uh, they sing. They sing. Hark the herald angels sing. Hark Sorry, you have herald. to sing your answer. Hark the. Okay, I should do it like the 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 peanuts character. Hark the herald angels. <laughs> I know they can't see it, but I turn I turn my head up and everything just like I they do it. I think you can hear it. Honestly, it was a good <laughs> effect. It was great. Thank you. I Hark wish they could see it. <laughs> Hark Me the herald angels sing is a correct answer. Brittany, we're going to you for this question. There is no option to pass. You have to play. I must face the gazebo alone. Bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> what did Linus use to knock the can off the fence? I mean, he used his blanket, but a snowball. So kind of like whip, whiplashed a snowball with his blanket. That is a correct answer. I had the, the blanket is all I was looking for. Oh, okay, he, cool. He, he yeah. used that. Yeah, you're right. Uh, and the flavor text I have on here is his blanket. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> and we've got another one where it is a, uh, a tie ball game. So here is your tiebreaker question for the Charlie Brown Christmas. How many Emmy Award nominations did the Charlie Brown Christmas receive? Ooh. 
I'm going to lock in, I guess. Okay. Uh, so if Mike is locked in, that means I can talk about this. And I don't really have that much of a clue on this. I just want to take this moment to say that I just found out that Jeopardy got nominated for three Emmys this year. So technically, because I was on the season of Jeopardy, I'm by the laws of syllogism, an Emmy nominee now, and I'm just gonna like pretend that that's real. Um, and I'm gonna say three, three <laughs> nominations for a Charlie Brown Christmas. Mike, what was your answer? I had very little stand on. Congratulations on your nomination, Brittany. Thank you. <laughs> um, I but I, I was cool. very, very similar. I I couldn't really think of exactly how many how many Emmys it could be nominated for really. So I ended up just locking in with four. It was just sort of a wag. I don't have any thunder behind it. Well, your correct answer is one. <laughs> wow. It was nominated for one Emmy award and it actually won it for best outstanding children's program. Nice. Oh, okay. Jeopardy was nominated for three in case it wasn't only <laughs> uh, one for best daytime television, like what best game show. And then um, Maya and Ken each received a nomination for best. Yeah, Got, I gotcha. Good, good. The, the whole history behind the Charlie Brown Christmas is amazing. If you, if you ever read up on that, it's amazing um, that basically no one wanted to, they, like they commissioned to have it done. And then when they saw the finished product, none of the executives wanted it to air. They thought they had a total flop on their hands. They thought it was too preachy. They thought the jazz music didn't work at all. They, they, they kind of weren't even thrilled that although they let them do it about using actual children actors and everything like that. Basically mm -hmm. like they, it, it's, it is the poster child for just don't listen to executives. Hint, hint Warner brothers. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Did you know that Charles Schultz was like a key witness in a murder investigation? I've read Charles Schultz's biography and I don't even remember that coming up in it. So I, uh, I like to binge watch, about. like, I like to watch True. Snapped while I'm working, because um, it's like a comfort show for me. Okay. Um, <laughs> and so... Uh, run. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Snapped had a thing where it was, the person featured was the wife of Charles Schultz's right-hand man, and she, you know, tried to murder him like you do. Um, and so he was like a key witness because it happened at the place where they all worked, whatever you would call that animation studio Yeah, happened at the studio. Oh my Lord. And, huh. Yeah. And he knew, I guess about the husband's affair and he told the guy, he's like, you two have to stop or I will be taking her side. Like I understand <laughs> what <laughs> interesting. So yeah. Anyway. I was Today fascinated I to learn that Charles Schultz was in a snapped episode, sort of, in that he was talked about. Hey, everyone. It's Jay. And Brittany. And Tim. And we're excited to let you know about an exciting new trivia project. We have assembled 48 amazing trivia writers from around the world to contribute to the first ever trivia advent calendar. It's a trivia adventure. Ugh. Are you proud of yourself, Shaw? Extremely. Every day from December 1st to December 24th, players will unlock a pair of online quizzes on a variety of topics. There will be 10 questions per quiz, each generously contributed by a different writer. Wow, I just did the math. 
in my head, and that's nearly 500 trivia questions across the month of December. That's a lot. And speaking of math, this is a project for charity with 50% of all proceeds directly benefiting World Central Kitchen, Covenant House, and Child's Play. The suggested price for this calendar is $25. But we decided to incorporate a pay-what-you-want model, so give as you're able. And yes, this does make a great gift for the trivia lover in your life. So head on over to coffee.com slash trivia advent to register today. That's ko-fi.com slash trivia advent. Thanks for listening and happy Happy holidays. holidays. We're moving on to the fifth question, the fifth movie. Your movie is 1946's It's a Wonderful Life. And Brittany, we're going to you on this one. I really hope this one would come up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Brittany, why was George ineligible for service in World War II? Do you want to pay, play, or pass? I'm pretty sure I'm not going to know either of these questions as I've never seen the movie. So, I will answer this one and let Mike have a roll of the fates for the next one. Um, So, the answer I will give is that George was ineligible for World War II service because he didn't exist because he wished himself out of existence. (laughs) Therefore, you cannot be drafted if you were not an existing person. That's a loophole. That's an interesting (laughs) answer. I like it. Well, um, that is not a correct answer. Uh, Mike, do you know the answer? I thought it was I thought he had some sort of injury when he rescued his brother from falling into the um, into the lake or whatever it was. Yeah, he did. He uh, ended up losing hearing in one ear. He was deaf that, in one ear. That's what it was. Yeah. All right, Mike, Which I'm giving it to me for, for what I just said. Yeah, you, you, you gave me enough context around it to get the points. OK, Mike, oh, Mike can steal the point. No, he, no, 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 he no. would have gotten the point, though, if he, okay. had, if he had passed. <laughs> Uh, Brittany, you might kick yourself because, Mike, this is your question about It's a Wonderful Life. And it's not really about It's a Wonderful Life. It's about inspiration. Which New York town in the Finger Lakes region is believed to be the inspiration for Bedford Falls? Oh, gosh. I'm not kicking myself. (laughs) Yeah, I have no idea. I don't know where the Finger Lakes are. (laughs) It's a geography question. (laughs) It is Chris running the game, so yeah. geography was going to come up. Yeah, so I'm glad it came up for Mike, because so he's the winner of the World Traveler Tournament. Uh-huh. <laughs> Show off that knowledge, Mike. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wish the listeners could have seen the hand gesture that, that, that came with that. Uh, no, um, okay, so... Here's what's so sad is my immediate inclination is was to say Bedford Falls. And I'm like, no, that was the actual name of the, the thing. And they, I, I mean, I legitimately I do not know at all. Buffalo was the first thing to pop in my head. So that's what I'm going to say. Unfortunately, not Buffalo. Uh, this would be the, the sleepy little town of Seneca Falls. Seneca, Seneca Falls. Falls. Oh, ah, they had a convention shit. there one time. Okay. Pretty important. All right. Women's well, rights and stuff. Yeah. Well, that's important. You know, if you're into that sort of thing. It's a wonderful life. <laughs> oh, my Lord. As a All result right. of Seneca Falls. Okay. So, um, Chris, this is your show. I don't know why I'm like <laughs> acting like I'm about to start hosting. Here, I have the remaining questions in front of me somehow. This is a tag team match. I'm tagging in. <laughs> in retrospect, 
Would have made more your, sense. <laughs> here's your closest to the pin challenge. Between the multiple re-releases of this film from 2007 to 2022, what has been the box office gross of the movie from just those five re-releases? Oh, I actually do know a fun fact about this. It's not anything to do with how much money it made, but I know a fun fact. Today I learned it has been re-released in any of those years, let alone Yeah, all they of those screwed years. up so their copyright the- stuff. So it became public domain very, very quickly. Right. So. Well, which has led to its popularity, but mm-hmm. I just yeah, didn't know apparently. it had theatrical re-releases. Yeah, um, I don't know. Lock in. Yeah, uh, um, yeah. Okay, uh, I was about to lock in too, but since Brittany locked in, I can I can maybe talk it out a little mm-hmm. more. Um, I mean, I figure people love it's a wonderful life. I I, I wish I don't. I actually don't know statistics as to how much uh, some of these re-releases tend to make. I figure it's 15 years. It's probably on the order of a couple couple million a year. So I'll say, I'll just say 30 million. About Brittany, two what's your answer? Um, I am going to say like your typical really successful blockbuster is going to make it go over like 100 million on one release. So with five re-releases, I'm going to give It's a Wonderful Life about 90 million total. I think that would be a record for a re-release. I don't think Star Wars got that high. <laughs> for total total across, across five releases across five yeah across five yes It'd be like 25 20 ish million per release okay yeah. so you're both a little high mm. uh, which means mike's gonna get the point it's 8.6 million dollars okay. i'm not about that well it, i got it, to share my fun fact i knew about them not renewing their copyright yeah correctly it, and in fairness, I missed the part where Chris said five re-releases over 15 years, and I thought they really re-released it every year for 15 years. So <laughs> my two million per release was about right. Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering how you got to that number. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, now, now you know, because I wasn't listening to Chris. <laughs> we are moving on. Mike, you get to kick us off on this one. We are looking at the 1947 film Miracle on 34th Street. You get to choose if you want to play or pass this first question. What famous actress played a young Susan Walker? Uh, I'll go ahead and play this one because there's no way I'm going to roll the dice on the other question. Uh, It was Natalie Wood. Natalie Wood Mm. is a correct answer. Good job, Mike. Brittany, that means you're playing this next question. Okay. Here it is. Speaking of Susan... What gift does she ask Chris Kringle for? Okay. I was really hoping you were going to ask me what street the miracle took place on. I'm very <laughs> certain about that one. Um, what two streets was the miracle between? <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so I know in the 1994 remake, which is delightful, she asks Santa for like a little brother and a house and a family and she like points to a house in a magazine. So I'm going to say maybe that's like a callback to the original one. And she points at a house in a magazine and she says, I want that. Damn you, Mara Wilson. A house is a correct answer. <laughs> well done. <laughs> well, in, the, in the remake, though, she does ask for a baby brother. And that's the end yeah. of the movie. A I, d- baby I did brother. not remember that. And then like the mom and the dad whose actor names elude me, like look at each other. Who and it's like. The dad's uh, Dermot Mulroney. Who plays the mom? No, no, it's it's Dylan McDermott. It's Dylan McDermott Mulroney, okay? And it's <laughs> Dylan McDermott and Elizabeth Perkins. 
Elizabeth Perkins, that's her name. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I can't believe I got that question right. From I, the I, 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 I did. I, I, I've Mara seen Wilson that one, one time in theaters. I've always gone back to Matilda. the original. So I didn't remember that it was the same. So, but that was well done. Mm -hmm. Well, here's your closest to the pin challenge. I'm sorry. <laughs> We've had a lot of these. This, this a, uh, Patreon bonus episode is going to be really exciting right. with one closest to the pin challenge. Right. I've got other questions for the Patreon. Don't oh, worry. Okay, cool. That. Yeah. <laughs> All right. R.H. Macy is in the film as the owner of Macy's. However, that was not possible because the Macy family had sold the store well before 1947. In what year did the Macy family sell the company? God, this is a great question. I'm going to lock. This is a great question. Um, it is. Good job, Chris. Did you say well before? I did say well before. All right, I was just I was just making sure because I was trying to figure out if it would be something like maybe it was like depression era, but to me that's not well before uh, forty six. So my initial, the, I'll, I'm just going to go with you know what uh, already today as we've discussed, not going with the very first thing that pops into your head doesn't always end well. So with zero thunder, the year that popped into my head apropos of nothing was 1908 so that is what i'm going to say Brittany, what was your answer see here's my concern because mike has this uncanny ability to just say a year and will it into existence <laughs> That's true. Um, however well before is not exactly a, an established amount of time so <laughs> i true. thought 1929 was well before 1946 it was a great time to sell your store so That's i went with point. 1929 uh, neither one of you are correct. Okay. Uh, so the Macy's company dates back to the 1850s. The family sold in 1895. Oof. Wow. Okay. Good job, Mike. Mike okay. gets the points. That is, in fact, well before 1946. Yes. <laughs> that is well, well before. That is a half a century before. I'm sorry. Did I, leave out one? I, had one, I need one, one more well in there. Is that what we're saying? Well, 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 well before. <laughs> <laughs> With that, Mike, you have taken a six to five lead over Brittany as we move on to movie number seven. Your movie, the 1983 classic, A Christmas Story. Okay. Brittany, you get to choose if you want to play or pass this question. What prize does Ralphie's dad win in a contest? The leg lamp. The beacon of sex in the window or whatever <laughs> Ralphie calls it. <laughs> Like a electric beacon of sex, sex. and a hope or something says, like that. He says electric sex glowing okay. in the window. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the leg lamp with the, with the with the fishnet stocking. <laughs> a wo a woman's leg in fishnets is a correct answer. Brittany got so, the point. Good job, Brittany. I just want to tell a quick story. I had a miniature leg lamp that was gifted to me for Christmas, and it did, in fact, break very similarly to the way that it broke in the in the movie, except it oh, broke no. in a move. But yeah. <laughs> All right, Mike, you have to take this question. I do. Here it is. Finish this quote from Ralphie's dad. Fragile. That must be Italian. I'm going to give it to it's. It must be Italian, but you no, got it, the, you got the gist of it. You're getting the points. Okay. I I like I'm in the movie sure Hoodwinked. Says it, not that. Yeah. I like in the movie Hoodwinked where they kind of reference that line. With dinamite, must be Italian. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're in for another closest to the pin challenge. You sure are. 
Here's How your many question. times does TBS air a Christmas story every year? <laughs> oh, gosh. Not quite that. Not quite that. How many times is Red Rider BB gun mentioned through the <laughs> <laughs> It's not only iconic, but it's also often associated with the film. But how many leg lamps were made for the production of the movie? I love how you both take time as if there's any way to logic to an answer. I, I, well, so I, I was just thinking, like, just for, just for the production of the movie, not in any terms for potential marketing future purposes or anything like that. We're literally just, just talking. Of- just for the in- purpose of the film. Okay, okay then lock I will lock in. <laughs> Mike, what's your answer? I said five. I have no idea. Brittany. Um, I said one for every hour they originally aired it on TBS for their Christmas Eve marathon, and I said 12. <laughs> you scared me there for a second, Brittany, because I thought you said we were going to say one. I'm like, well, now we're getting <laughs> the tiebreaker. Uh, there were actually three, so Mike, you're three. getting the point. Okay. okay. <laughs> the tiebreaker, the tiebreaker. Moving on, your next movie is the 1990 classic Home Alone. Mike, you get the option if you want to play or pass this question. Where was the McAllister family planning on spending Christmas? Uh, they were taking a trip to Paris. Excellent. means you want to play. Yes, sorry. No, he wants to pass. <laughs> they were going to Paris, Chris. And now that I've answered the question, I'm going to pass it along. <laughs> I actually did know that one, though. <laughs> Paris is a correct answer, which means, Brittany, you have to play this question. All right. What is the nickname of the pair of burglars who break into the McAllister home? The Wet Bandits. The Wet Bandits is correct. <laughs> terrible. You're sick, Marv. You're sick. <laughs> All right, we got another closest to the pin tiebreaker to see who's going to win the Home Alone round. I didn't think this was going to happen that often, to be honest. <laughs> I didn't either. I, I was kind of having more questions for the per- Patreon, but I got plenty. Right. Okay. <laughs> Opening on December 12th, 1997, Home Alone 3 did not share the same success the first two did. There are a myriad of reasons for why this happened, but tell me this. How much did Home Alone 3 gross during its domestic box office run? It was not Scarlett Johansson's fault. That's all I know. Was she Nothing. in the movie? Yes, she was. Cool, because I've definitely seen it and didn't stop watching after Macaulay Culkin left. I, I have definitely not seen it. I just happen to know that little factoid. Okay. Um, I'm going to lock in. Okay, so you would think I would have seen this when it came out in 1997 because I would have been eight at the time, and that feels like the kind of movie we would have gone to see. God, I'm old. I mostly just did that to watch your faces. Uh. (laughs) Um, But I also wasn't paying attention to box offices at that point, so I will say $15 million. Mike? This is going to be very close because I said $18 million. Your correct answer is a shade under $31 million. Okay, good job, Mike. Mike, you're going to pick up the point, and that's going to give you an 8-5 to lead heading into question number 9. But it's all on wags. (laughs) I'm just playing straight (laughs) vibes here. Question number 9, Brittany, we're going to you. You get to play or pass this 1993 movie, A Nightmare Before Christmas. Although, can we... 
can we be real for a second here? We argue, is it a Christmas movie? Is it a Halloween movie? Let's meet in the middle. It's a Thanksgiving movie. I just don't watch it. So, you know. <laughs> Thanksgiving isn't even one of the holidays that they had that they have a town. Yes, it is. meeting in the middle, Mike. There's a turkey on the tree. Is it? Maybe I mean, there is. I don't know. Unless turkey means something else. Anyway. Brittany, do you want to play or pass this question? What is the name of Jack's ghost dog? Hmm. <laughs> I'm sure I could come up with a delightful, funny answer for this. But there's a chance I might know the next one, so I'm going to have to pass this one to Mike. All right, Mike, what's your answer? Yeah, I had zero poker face on that one because I was laughing so hard because my daughter is currently sleeping with a Nightmare Before Christmas ornament of zero, which is Jack Skellington's dog. Zero is a correct answer. Yeah, see, I wanted to see. I wanted to say Frankenweenie, but that was the wrong movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that one was actually done by Tim Burton. I know. This one was right. produced by Tim Burton. Yep. Hi, I'm Jay, host of the new podcast, Verboten. I'm Brittany, one half of the team behind Frenemy Trivia. And I'm Jeremy, the newest member of the Pub Trivia Experience podcast. And we're coming together today to tell you that this show is sponsored by Critical Grind Board Game Cafe. Critical Grind holds a special place in all three of our hearts. It's a wonderful place to get together with old friends or make some new ones. Whether you're after one of their mini fantastic coffee drinks or one of their signature toasts, Critical Grind's got you covered. With an enormous library of tabletop games available, it's a fantastic place to unwind and celebrate your inner nerd. Vertical Grind is a recognized gaming safe space, which means you can truly be yourself there. Vertical Grind was recently voted Best in Family Recreation for 2023 in its area. And with their new expansion, there's even more fun to come in the future. So check them out near the intersection of Black Road and Route 59 in Shorewood, Illinois. Or if you're not local, find out more about them anyway at linktree.com slash criticalgrind. Either way, tell Dana and Sean we say hi. Vertical Grind Board Game Cafe. Life is short. Play more games. Proud supporters of the PTE Network. And vice versa. All right. Brittany, that means you have to take this question. Okay. I also am going to take another sip of my new cider that I just opened, which is the same one I had before. Lovely. We're driving Brittany to drink. I'll take that as a win. Mm -hmm. Brittany, what incredibly catchy song serves as the opening song of the film? The opening song. Okay. They, they, they have like two or three catchy songs. Um, Quite a few. I think it's this is Halloween, this is Halloween, pumpkins scream in the dead of night. Da, 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 da. That's as much I as we can get away with, with a tearaway face. Sorry, this is Halloween is a correct answer. We've got you don't have to be part. the clown with the tearaway face. <laughs> <laughs> All right, another tiebreaker we're going to. Here we go. We all know that making a film using stop-motion animation is a daunting task, though few films have accomplished it as well as Nightmare Before Christmas. I'm looking at you, fantastic Mr. Fox. <laughs> In minutes, how long was a Nightmare Before Christmas? Like, to produce? No, the film, the total runtime of the film. Oh, okay. Locked in. Okay. Um, so I'm going to be real honest when you said making stop motion movies is a daunting test. All I could think of was the scene from parks and rec where Ben is like, could a depressed person do this? <laughs> and it's like a 30 second film. It's a three it's hours. <laughs> that took me a week. <laughs> um, but that doesn't help me here. It just made me think of that scene. And I love that scene. Um, 
but I want to say this movie runs for about between an hour and a half to two hours. So I'm going to say 97 minutes. 97 minutes for Brittany. Mike, what'd you say? So this is a little unfair because uh, for whatever reason, my daughters were both obsessed with this movie this year in particular. Uh, so I know it's about 76 minutes. I might be a little under. Uh, you're actually right on the nose. 76 minutes is the correct answer. Okay. By all means, take it. I, I, <laughs> Sorry. I have not like, watched that movie since I was a child. So I, I, I legitimately hadn't either. And yeah. I don't, I don't even remember how we ended up putting it on or around Halloween, but they've just, they've loved it. They've requested it several times since yeah. they, they're it's yeah, my no cousin idea. was obsessed with it when we were kids. And so she asked me if I would watch it with her. And then we watched it three times in a row and that's too much nightmare before Christmas. Yes, it is. It really is. So <laughs> I haven't really watched it since because I just have a distaste for it. Yeah. Well, we're moving on. Movie number 10, Mike, you're choosing. Do you want to pass or play question number one? Your movie is the 1994 classic, The Santa Claus. Okay. Perhaps making him perfect for Santa. What is Scott Calvin's job at the beginning of the movie? Um, He is a... Shoot. You have to tell me if you want to play or pass. Yeah, I know. I just realized that. And my, my inclination is just to immediately answer a question. That's why. Um, hmm. Yeah. And Brittany's not giving me anything either. In fact, she's just basically ignoring anything that's happening right now. It's Sorry. Poker face. Simba's high right now. So. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. You know what? I'm going to pass to pass to Brittany and hope that hope for better in the second question. All right, Brittany, that question's over to you. What is your answer? I mean, if he's perfect for Santa, I'm going to say he's a toy maker. Uh, so close, but not quite right. Toy he's, salesman. He's a toy salesman. Okay. Santa doesn't sell toys. Yeah. And, and that's he what I thought, but that was my hesitation. He makes them and brings joy to children. <laughs> Mike, your it's question. toy time. <laughs> <laughs> Real missed opportunity for this. Stop blaming the questions. <laughs> I'm not. I'm blaming Tim Allen. <laughs> oh, that is. Fair. <laughs> God, Mike. How many Santa Claus movies are there? Oh gosh. <laughs> um. Well, if we're not including the 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 series that either just started or is forthcoming, I don't know exactly where it is. It's probably it's probably airing right now. To my knowledge, there were only three. There was the Santa Claus, and then there was the second Santa Claus, which had the Mrs. Claus, and then there was the third one that had Martin Short that I never saw. So I'm going to say three. Three is a correct answer. Yeah. Uh, the series, by the way, is now airing its second season. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay, see, this is how oh, I, well, I am. I am kind of tempted to watch the second season because it's got Gabriel Iglesias in it. It does. And I do like Fluffy. Who doesn't love Fluffy? Monsters <laughs> and sociopaths, Indeed. probably. Indeed. That is true. Well, we are moving on. We have our 11th movie of the episode. That movie is the 2003 classic Elf. Ah. <gasps> Brittany, play or pass. What's 
what song do the people sing to raise the Christmas spirit? You better watch out, you better not cry, you better not pout, I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. Right, Santa so, Claus is coming to town. That is a correct answer. So I'm assuming you're going to play that one. Not pass oh, yeah, I'm going to play it. Uh, I asked if I could play both, but I think the answer is no. No, you cannot play both. That is a correct answer, picking up the point. That I'm not going to lie. I was cry. legitimately hoping that was going to be my question because that's about all I can remember from that movie. I've never been oh, a I'm really fan. glad I played that question then. <laughs> well, Mike, here's your question then. According to Elves, what are the four main food groups? Yeah, let's hear the play in. I have, or the, not the play in, the, the closest to the. Uh, I. You need to get this right to get the closest to the pin. Mm -hmm. No, I. Oh, shit. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Okay. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Uh, peppermint, milk, cookies, and something. I don't know. Unfortunately, I don't not care. Brittany. Elf is not a good movie. No, it's not. <laughs> Brittany, do you know the answer? It's like my one of my favorite movies. Uh, candy, candy canes, candy corn, sugar, syrup, syrup. Syrup, yes. Yes, syrup. <laughs> candy corn, candy canes, candy and syrup is what we're looking for. Mike's not getting the points. Brittany, you're going to win that round. Elves Good. like candy corn. That's all the more reason to dislike that movie. Candy it's, corn is it's so delightful. And Ralphie from A Christmas Story is his boss elf in like in the opening scene. That's Ralphie who's like, You're special. <laughs> is that special sure? That's talents. actually really funny. That is Ralphie. It is. And it's John Favreau. He touched it, it turned to gold. So I, I, I actually have I actually have fond memories of seeing that movie with my sister, but it was just ne it never caught on for me the way it caught on for a lot of people. I don't I don't yeah. think it's a terrible movie. It's just not a staple like it the is. The only thing I don't like about it is that it's twenty years old, and that makes me feel old. <laughs> Fair. All right. Well, we're on to question number twelve, Mike. You're get to play or pass this question. Your movie is the nineteen eighty nine classic National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Excellent. Instead of cash, what does Clark's boss give him as a Christmas bonus? <laughs> you want to play or pass? I will play this. Um, he gives him a subscription to the Jelly of the Month Club. A subscription or a year-long membership to the Jelly of the Month Club is correct. Brittany, that means you have to re answer this question. Which is coincidentally also about the Jelly of the Month Club, I'm hoping. <laughs> what was the third jelly? No, that's not the question. It was boysenberry. Trick question. Okay. Right. <laughs> Brittany, here is your actual question. In the movie, Clark wears a ball cap that represents which NFL team? Oh, come on. Sports and movies? Like, am I in a nightmare right now? <laughs> um. This is Halloween. This is Halloween. You said a professional football team, like an NFL team? NFL team. He's wearing a ball cap that represents what NFL team? Okay, well, Chevy Chase seems Midwestern AF, so I'm going to say the Chicago Bears. The Bears is a correct answer. Nope. <laughs> and I was like, I, I don't know it, but I know they were from Chicago, so it's probably the Bears. <sighs> well, all right, Chris, we're going to have the hap, hap, happiest closest to the pin challenge since Bing Crosby dap dance with Danny fucking K. Shitter's full. That's that's about the only quote <laughs> I know from the movie. 
All right, hey, Clark, we're going with your closest to the pin challenge. Like the original vacation film, Christmas Vacation is inspired by a John Hughes short story that was first published in National Lampoon in December of what year? The movie pays tribute to this in the scene where Clark is in the attic and he pulls out an old home movie labeled Christmas 59, also the name of the short story. So we're looking for the year the short story debuted in the Nash in National Lampoon publication. In the National Lampoon publication. So I've just now put together that it's named for the National Lampoon publication. <laughs> <laughs> That's where the National Lampoon. I actually thought until like recently that his name was National Lampoon. Yeah. Ooh. Kind of like reality winner. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll walk in. Yeah, what was the question again? <laughs> I, I was busy having my mind blown. It, you said what year was the short story published? What year was the short story published it, uh, it, by John Hughes in okay. National Lampoon? And it was called Christmas 59? The the short the story, short story was? was? Okay. 59. Um, well, then I'm going to say it was a 10-year retrospective by John Hughes, and he published it in December of 1969. Mike, what'd you say? Uh, when I think of National Lampoon's heyday, I think of late 70s to early 80s. So I just locked in with 1981 because it was a good year. That the year you were born? It was. I was born in 89. I know. <laughs> <laughs> now, Mike, this, this story is actually older than you, but not by much. 1980 is the year it was published. Wow, okay. okay. All right, Mike, Mike up the point. Mike, by knowing things. <laughs> we got three questions left. Your next I didn't question. no shit on that one, so it's a lucky guess. The shitter's full. <laughs> yeah. Brittany, we're starting with you. Your movie is the 2000 classic How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Okay. Play or pass this question. Jim Carrey spoke with an accent when playing the Grinch. He claimed to base it on what iconic actor? I'm going to pass to Mike. That was a grimace if I've ever seen one. <laughs> um, yeah, it's 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 really nothing against Jim Carrey or Ron Howard or anything like that. But uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas was a uh, perfectly wonderful thirty-minute television special. It did not need to be blown up into a hour and a half long movie. Certainly not one that Jim Carrey acquired actual coaching from people who were who taught him how to deal with torture to deal to deal with getting put into that makeup I, i've never been fond of of that particular version i don't know anything about it i'm trying to think of how he spoke my offhand guess is to say carrie grant carrie grant unfortunately it's not a correct answer now this would be james bond himself sean connery oh okay okay all right Brittany. If you get this one right, you're going to get the point. Okay. What is the name of the mountain that the Grinch lives on? Ah, oh, shoot. Hold on. It's a great question. Who's down in Hoodville and the mount? It is something like that combines with like garbage and like crag and I feel like I should know this 
but it is not coming to me. So we're going to say Mount Crag Trash. <laughs> I like it. You're actually really close. It's Mount Crumpet. Ah! Crumpet. It's so funny. I was, that's what I was thinking. I was like, it sounds almost like Krampus, but it's not that. All right. Well, no one is getting the points for the Grinch film, which means we're going to the closest to the pin challenge. For 92 days of filming, Jim Carrey spent approximately how long per day in a makeup chair getting done up for the movie The Grinch? This is build up, not tear down. How long did it take him to get his makeup on? On at, This is per Jim Carrey. How long did he spend in that chair every day? I'll walk in. Um, he spent put on but not take off. So he spent five hours getting that makeup on. Mike, we're going to be close again. I said six hours. Uh, you're both a little bit over, actually. Brittany's going to get the point. Okay. Uh, he he said that it was about two and a half hours a day to get the makeup on. Okay. So Brittany picks up the point. Uh, by the way, it was roughly an hour per day on top of it to get the makeup off, which mm. they've got contract hours. They can only work so many hours in a day. He spent like 60 or not 60, but like 50 or 40% of his day in the makeup chair. Right. But we are moving on. We've got two movies left in the game. The next movie, I am borderline whether or not we consider this a Christmas movie, but it's on the list. We're going to go with it. Your movie is The Holiday. Okay. And this is question 14. So, Mike, you're going to kick us off here. Play or pass this question. Okay. In what U.S. city does Amanda live in? Uh, um, I have a solid guess because I have seen this movie one time. Uh, but I'm going to pass this one to Brittany and hope that I have something better than a solid guess on the second question. All right, Brittany, in what U.S. city does Amanda live in? Uh, Los Angeles. Los Angeles is a correct answer. That was my solid guess. Well done, Brittany. <laughs> Thank you. All right, Mike, that means this question goes to you. Why did Graham show up at Iris's house, which is where Amanda was staying at the time? Um. Okay. I'm trying to remember. Uh, let's see. I Based on context clues, Amanda is the Cameron Diaz character. And therefore, that would make Graham the Jude Law character. And he shows up because... Um... Oh, shit. Um, he wants to make sure her heater is working. I, I don't remember. Uh, not a bad guess. No, uh, he was actually drunk and was looking for a place to stay. Ah, oh, that. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's right. That's right. I, that's all coming back to me. Now. That's actually not a bad movie. I've seen it one time. I, I, I enjoyed it, but I just never gone back to I visit can't. it. I just I can't. Well, I told you at the beginning that we're going to begin and end in the same place. Your final movie, if you watch these movies back-to-back, -back, you will see Hans Gruber slash whatever his name is, pay for his crimes. We're on to love, actually. I was hoping it would be Die Hard too. 
which is also a Christmas movie. No, we're, we're going to love actually here. I have got two movies I have to watch every year. Krampus, I try and get to, but the two I have to watch every year, Die Hard and Love Actually. Love Actually is legitimately one of my favorite movies. It's fair. All right, it's 15, and Brittany, you get to start us off here. You get to choose if you want to play or pass this first question. Brittany, have you seen Love Actually? I watch it every year. Oh, Mike, I'm not going to ask you that question because uh, that might inform Brittany's answer, so we're not going to go there. Brittany, your question is this. To impress his crush, a young Sam learns to play which instrument throughout the film? I will play this one. Okay. Like Sam plays the drums. Drums is a correct answer. Mike, that means you have to answer this question. Do. And I'm going to tell you right now, if I mispronounce his band name, you tell me. What song released by Billy Mack in the film, but taken from a 1967 Trogs hit, became Christmas's number one single in the movie? (laughs) Um, Do you want the you want the um, title of the Trog song or do you want the title of the song? I love the song in the film. I mean, I'm if the Trog song was love is all around. So I'm assuming it's Christmas is all around. Christmas is all around is a correct answer. Yeah. And and I actually I actually legitimately love that movie too. Like it is it it is a totally guilty pleasure. Oh, by the way, I actually heard Christmas is all around come up on the the Christmas playlist that uh, Nikki loves to play when we're doing Christmas decorations and stuff. I was like, I love that this is actually I've never heard it outside the context of that movie before that moment. So it was it was really nice. No, legitimately love actually. I is a movie that is near and dear to my heart. I actually really enjoy that film. That movie oh, makes nice. you feel every emotion possible. Yeah, it does. I there's a couple uh so fun background story. Um, I hadn't watched it in a few years and I, uh, was at my ex-husband's family's house for Christmas and I was like, oh, and they were like, well, we should put on a Christmas movie. I was like, oh, we should watch Love Actually. And they're like, oh, I've never seen that before. I was like, yeah, I haven't watched it in years. I don't remember everything that happens, but yeah, we should totally watch it. It'll be fun. And there's a couple plot lines, key plot lines that I had forgotten about. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And my mo- my ex mother in law looks at me and goes, "Oh, so it's one of those movies." <laughs> the like, yeah, yep, yep. So my 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 story is is that it's revealing a little too much about myself. But the first time that I I watched that movie, uh, the the girl that I was in the process of of getting getting over because I had I had uh, had a huge crush on her and everything like that had just recently started dating a British dude. Uh, and then, so the scene where all the women are like fascinated with the fact that he's Br- <laughs> like all the American women are fascinated with that, with the fact that he's British, uh, played a little different for me then than it does now. I love that scene. Leah hates that scene. I love it. I think oh, it's, it's so it, wonderful. It's, and if you've ever seen, if you ever watched like a British, like an awkward British dude interact with American women, it is not that <laughs> far off. <laughs> like, obviously, it's turned up a little oh. bit for humor purposes, but it's not that far off. Wisconsin. Well, Wisconsin. We've got your your tiebreaker here for this last question of the game. In a heartbreaking scene from the film Love Actually, Alan Rickman's character gives his wife Emma Thompson's character a Joni Mitchell album, which means he gave his secretary a gold necklace that we saw him purchase earlier. In pounds, how much was the gold necklace? Locked in. I... Pfft. I have 
no idea. Yeah, I'm sure it's mentioned in the movie. Couldn't tell you. 250. Brittany. Something in my brain is saying it was 295 pounds. And uh, because that's the whole Rowan Atkinson, would you like the skip gift wrapped scene? Yes. Th- where it he is. just keeps adding more, oh, and, yeah, more I love that. and more absurdity into the bag. But you said you wanted it gift wrapped. Right. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was like 295 pounds. So close, you guys. The correct answer is 270 pounds. Mike's going to oh. pick up the win. Oh, wow. oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. Great job, I did Mike. not expect to get that one. Wow, no, that's great. Uh, wow. Yeah, you know, the thing is, I almost said 250. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. We're going to come down to a 12 to 8 win for Mike, but a close game and honestly a really fun game nonetheless. Mm-hmm. That was absolute blast. I enjoyed the oh, hell yeah. out of it. <laughs> I, you know what? I thought this was going to be a 15 to zip game when you said how the scoring was going to work. Um, well, like 20 to five, because I, I thought I would, I would maybe get some of the, the 50 fifties, you know, cause even a flipped coin comes up right. Sometimes. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I am. <laughs> I am not. <laughs> we <laughs> look. We we did we did completely whittle down Chris's closest to the pin challenges though. We did. What did we have? Three out of fifteen I, that didn't go. I go yeah, I think so. Like like two, yeah, like three or four that didn't go to a closest yeah, to the one, pin challenge. I think three. Mm-hmm. And that's what I thought. I thought it was three or four. Yeah. So. Well, so Mike said three, so he's right on the money. So he gets that point for the closest <laughs> to the pin challenge. <laughs> Oh, ladies and gentlemen, we hope you had a good time tonight. We had a damn good time bringing it to you. Um, I always, I love getting together with you too. It's always a good time. Oh, yeah. Always. Every time. It's the main reason I signed up for this. Not the Christmas (laughs) movie trivia. I knew that that was going to be very hit or miss for me. But the chance to hang out with Chris and Mike again, always, I will always jump at that opportunity. Uh, 100%. Uh, From everyone here at the PTE Network of Shows, we all have a very happy holidays. Be safe out there. Uh, if you want to support the show, we plugged it a lot already, but patreon.com slash PTEBB. Your Christmas bonus content is going to be there as well, uh, probably dropping around the same time this episode is. So go ahead and check that out if you have the financial means to support the show. If not, uh, PTEBB.com will get you to our splash page for all of our shows, all of our content, everything in that one spot. For the pub trivia experience, I have been Chris. I have been Mike. And I have been Brittany. And we will see you next time. Until then, have a good one.